Good evening, Patriots. And today is Tuesday, September 20th in the year 2022. East Coast, you just hit Wednesday. And I'm glad I'm on Central Time. I'm starting to head back towards the West Coast. Patriots, we got a lot going on in our nation, as you know, a lot of instability. And for that reason, iTarget is something that you should have in your holding. If there was ever a story that best encapsulated how bad crime has become, it's the one about Starbucks providing baristas with active shooter training because our cities aren't safe anymore. And while the Supreme Court has made it easier for you to conceal carry for protection, it's your responsibility to be properly trained. That's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you will save a ton on practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including .223, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. This is the smartest investment in your ability to safely and effectively handle your firearm. Plus, it will pay for itself in one day. That's the letter I, TargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com. Offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you want to have. iTarget Pro, your promo code offer is BARDS, which should be no surprise since the world seems to want to be linked to BARDS Nation, which is pretty awesome. Okay, Patriots, I'm going to start with a few things tonight. Um, I'm going to kind of go over a little bit of what was discussed last night, but in a different way. I'm going to begin by mentioning that in Bards FM yesterday, I opened with a piece that was supposedly of a Let's Go Brandon or F. Joe Biden chant in London when his car was moving through. Uh, One of our great mods has discovered that that was a complete manufactured audio clip video. So that was erroneous information. Uh, It actually did not happen. Somebody overdubbed that sound on top of the crowd in London. So one of those things we missed, but the corrections made so that you know that in case you were losing sleep over that. But what I do want to talk about is some comments that came up today in our family room. And I want to talk about this in terms of where a lot of people are and responsibilities that we have to one another. People are under a lot of stress right now. And I'm talking to a number of pastors, and they're seeing the same thing. I'm also talking to other channel people. They're seeing the same thing. And what we're starting to see is that people are starting to get very reactive. They're uh, hearing things that they, when they get beyond what they're comfortable with. And what this is, is this is kind of a center point of fear. And it's something that everybody needs to be aware of, especially when we get to Scripture. Scripture is kind of a bedrock for a lot of people. And where people have been taught scripture in, in the way it's been taught, people are becoming increasingly legalistic. And that's a very dangerous thing, I will just tell you, because the principle of being legalistic means that if you see it as a different variation of the word, you see, people will condemn one another. So what I want to kind of start with tonight is a principle on salvation. And I think we forget this a lot. Salvation 
is in our relationship through Christ to the Father. Salvation is not whether you read something in Scripture better than somebody else. In fact, if we go back to Old Testament or even in the New Testament, if you remember, there was no Bible. And yet time and again, people were having to have a relationship with God and having to understand a way of living. And where we really see a lot of, in old, especially in Old Testament, is that there was works in faith. People were living and actively doing their faith. This is a discussion I had with two different pastors today. We've become a, a culture now where people are clinging on to what they have because the world around us is changing. So I want to go to some things that were said last night and what happened today. So I woke up this morning to some notifications from our mods that there had been a rather aggressive and disparaging conversation breakout into our family room on Telegram. And I checked it out, and it was very disappointing, to be very honest with you. I know there were three people involved. Three, two of them I know regularly as active people here in this chat. And as I discuss it, and you know who you are, I'm just going to say this up front. I have lost all respect for you, period. And the reason is this. When a person has a disagreement with me, I have no issue. I have no issue when we have disagreements with one another, but we, are, we need to be adults to carry this out and to have honest conversations. When people start posting things in the family room saying things like, Scott is biblically illiterate, that he's a cult leader, and that's coming from B-dads that I had trusted, and then bringing up examples of things, it's just basically, you're just trying to be part of a groupthink, and you're weak and you're feckless. I don't believe in anybody being weak and feckless if you haven't figured that out yet. Now, one of those people that started that thread absolutely would not stand down and continue disparaging issues, and to my disappointment, we ended up blocking them permanently from the family room. I don't like doing that. And whether you realize it or not, every single person that is ever considered, if we have to block somebody, it is a group discussion, okay? And it's, a, it's not something, it, wasn't, it isn't something that we take lightly because we do believe in, a, in opening this up to as many people as possible. But when it starts this and when you start to see people jump on board and then adding their two bits, it's a really disappointing statement in how people are walking with Christ. That isn't how we handle things. Okay. If you have a dispute with something that I say, send me an email. If not, bring it up to the mods because I will tell you we have amazing mods. Amazing mods. We're blessed for the amount of time and effort that they dedicate. And every one of our mods, if they, something comes to their attention, they send it to me and say, Scott, this is somebody that said this or that or is concerned about this. And we address it. Okay. It's a mature discussion. But what I also want you to hear is, and I don't think everybody realizes this, is this show in particular, Fishers of Men. There is not a Fishers of Men show that either before or after the show, I do not have a discussion with a pastor that I know, not just one, but of a number of pastors about the program. So this, if there is a flaming air that I've made biblically, I will correct it. But the thing is that rarely ever happens. What you're witnessing here is a discussion of other pastors that I'm talking to as we start to look at scripture in the context of where we currently are in the world. And there are a lot of questions being asked as to what the churches are actually teaching. You won't necessarily agree with everything I say, and that is fair, and I totally respect that. 
But there is a respect for one another that we must maintain because our version of a congregation is a fellowship online. And when you start to get into, when we start to have people throwing out flechettes that are unnecessary just to stir up argument and hate, that's not something we support here in this, in this organization. It's that simple. This is a fellowship. This is a ministry. And this is something that's been blessed by God. And, you know, I sit there and I, I was snickering at the comment on one level because it's like as a guy, I guess, who's biblically illiterate, God's done a pretty amazing job of expanding the kingdom to 30 million downloads in 120 countries, okay? And countless testimonies of people that have come to Christ because of what's happened here on this channel. That is a testimony in itself. So one of the things that was brought up was a discussion that happened here on this chat, in fact. And I remember exactly when it happened. Well, I mean, I remember when it happened, not the exact date. One thing you need to understand about me is I have a near photographic memory, so I have a pretty good recall of most everything in my life. And I'm not saying this boastfully. It's something God's given me. I can still remember down to the age of about one and a half when I was in a crib, and I can remember bouncing in the morning. I have a very vivid memory of my childhood all the way through my life. So in this particular statement, there was an accusation made that what I said to somebody was that they're in their engagement with Muslim girls, that I told her that it was blasphemous. That was the statement. Well, the statement was out of context on a couple of levels. And that person that wrote that failed to provide a full context of what the discussion was here on this board. Okay. So here, here's where that came from. And I want to bring this up because this is a very important piece about it's a very important piece about responsibility that we have as people working in our sense of disciples in faith. The discussion was it happened here on the board that the person was bragging about the fact that they were introducing Christ to Muslim girls. And I thought it was the way it was presented was that it was as if it was an opportunity that they were taking just to start producing, to start introducing Jesus to Muslim girls. What that person didn't mention until later on in that thread is that these girls were actually seeking and asking about Christ. Nonetheless, my comment was in the terms of you have to, we have to be very respectful and this is out of context for how we need to be acting as Christians. And this is why, patriots. Because most Americans haven't seen the consequences of what happens with young girls if they seek Christ without the permission of their parents. So let me fill in some blanks for everybody. If you start going out and you start proselytizing to some young Muslim girls, here's probably what will happen to them when they return home. If it is found out, they may be starved. They will definitely be beaten. If you're in some place like Afghanistan or Pakistan, you might get your ear cut off or your nose cut off. You see, there's consequences to what we do. And it is something we can't take lightly. And in some cultures, they will be killed. So if, you're, if you think that that's a good thing to do by going out and making yourself feel good by speaking Jesus to, other, to young children that don't understand the consequences of what may come to them, you're not walking in the, in the walk of Christ. I'm sorry. I've seen the consequences. It's ugly. It might be a pot of boiling water thrown at one of the girl's face. What happens is, and they could also be raped. This is a very serious consequence in some cultures. Now, I just met somebody who is doing true, true church work like Paul. Amazing work he's doing. I just spent a couple days with him. And this man 
is never shows up on camera. He's very careful, but he has been building home churches in Iran. And that's penalty of death. And let me tell you, that's very delicate work because he understands exactly the consequences that if he doesn't do things right, the people that he is teaching, the people that he's bringing to Christ, youth and adult alike, will be tortured and likely killed. So don't take these things lightly. And so when I am saying things like I said about this on the, on the chat, that person should have come to me and said, what do you mean by this and ask for more explanation? Because I did explain it, but obviously that was a little, one of their little flechettes or arrows they put into their quiver so that they could use it at another time because they didn't like what I said and didn't approve with what they, they were saying about what they were doing. See, most of what this discussion reflected today was weakness in people. They were people that are probably disturbed by the things I've talked about. So instead of having a discussion, they lash out and they throw, they throw flechettes at me. Look, I've got big shoulders. I don't care. And I don't care whether you love me or hate me. Okay. It's the point of how we handle ourselves in a community and how we build into good discussions. Most disturbing is these, this group that started this fight ended up attacking then later a BDAD that simply told them to take it offline. I mean, this is this, and it's once this group neurosis starts, it's, it's like watching the left fight and take over. It's very sick. Another discussion of another person brought up that I constantly put down Israel, and I'm not biblically sound because the Bible says we have to pray for Israel. Okay. If you have not heard what I've said about Israel, I'm going to remind it now. I will not pray for Israel. Let me be very clear about this. Because the Israel that we have today is not the Israel of Scripture. This Israel was paid and bought by, paid for and purchased by the Rothschilds. This Israel today is run by the Khazarian Mafia, who took the title of Jews so that they could blend in with other people. That's who's running Israel. That's who runs with Mossad. That's what links into MI5 and CIA. They are the henchmen of the Middle East. So if you want to pray for that country and that leadership, have at it. You can go join Babylon and all its other fiery hell that it goes with it. When we talk about Israel as the, as the land of Israel and the monuments, I think it's amazing. And it's one of those places that I will eventually go someday. But I'm also not one who ever needs that obsession to migrate or to do my my migration to Israel to fulfill myself because I walk with Jesus every day. I don't need to worry about going to the old temples. If I, if I want to, I do it because I desire. Not because I have to. So that's how I walk in life. I don't obsess over idols and I put Jesus first in everything. And if you dig deep in with the Jewish faith, I think you're going to find there's a lot of conflicts. Because I will tell you, God did not create a people that's better than everybody else and every one of his children. I will never buy that narrative. That's a narrative that's been hijacked and been used to manipulate us and the world. And it's not biblically sound. All right? So I just want to address these things because there's a lot of issues out here there's a lot of discussions out here, and this channel will always press the limit of, of discussions on Scripture. That's who I am. I didn't grow up in a pew. 
and I didn't grow up in Sunday school. And I'm blessed that I didn't. And God has given me a way to look at scripture, to work with some amazing minds around scripture. And, and I do on a daily basis. And that's a true statement. And in so doing, I'm able to bring something, I believe, that is refreshing and sometimes insightful as to how we see scripture. Again, you don't have to agree with everything. That is your choice. It is equally my statement to say that if you don't like it, then go find another channel, but don't bring the muck here. And that's really how I feel. So for those couple of people, and I think you'll know who you are when you hear this, if you were part of that little kerfuffle that went on this morning, I need you to rethink whether you need to belong with Bard's Nation because you proved yourself to be very unworthy of being part of a B-Dad. You proved yourself to be feckless. You proved yourself to be little more than like everybody else, unable to speak truth and willing to stab somebody in the back without them even knowing. That's not the way we work. Again, you have an issue with something, bring it up to our mods. They're great. Or send me an email. I don't guarantee I'll respond to your email, but I will tell you I read everybody's. And there's many good comments that come this way. And there are things at times, I do make mistakes too. I don't say I don't. But I also want you to understand, I'm saying it again. These channels, these shows are reviewed. And it's set up that way. And I have good mods that listen and great mods, in fact, that listen closely. And I have great pastors that listen regularly. And we have these discussions about themes, about topics before they come out. I, just, I spent today literally four hours on the phone with one pastor talking about scripture and, under, and breaking down scriptural discussions and how we're looking at key elements of scripture in some upcoming shows. Okay, I take, it this, I take this position very seriously, which is another comment made that I don't know enough about scripture and I don't take it seriously and therefore I don't deserve to be here. Look, <laughs> okay, then choose to go somewhere else. It's that simple, okay? It was an ugly exchange that we had in our family room and I'm really, I'm disappointed in the two that are, that are still active in there and it's really thanks to good mods that they're still even part of the Bards Nation. Because those mods, mods are always looking to work with people. I tend to be a bit of a hammer. By my, and I will tell you that it's thanks to the mods that we've had some amazing people come to Christ through this channel. And it's, it's a blessing. Okay. But we have to work together as a team and work together to raise things up. Now, I'm going to bring this up. Last night, I said these exact words. I said, I'm going to talk about Peter, and it's going to trigger somebody. And I swear this was exactly the center point of this whole thing, okay? And what I said about Peter was, and I don't care if you agree with this or don't agree with this, this is where I, my position is based on real-life experience. The thing is that Peter drew his sword in the garden, and I've said all along that he had to know how to handle a sword. It wasn't accidental or clumsy. And I hear people tell me all the time, that's not true. The Bible didn't say he knows how to raise a sword. Here's my answer to this. If someone was writing a history about you, would they list in that, in that history, would they list that you knew how to handle a gun? My chances are no, because most everybody should know how to handle a gun in America today. And the, using the sword was a common thing. It doesn't mean he was a sword master. 
but he definitely knew how to wear one and he knew how to carry one and how to pull one. Because if you haven't done those things, and I encourage you to do it, go get yourself a sword, go put it on your waist belt, go out and practice cutting things with it and drawing and cutting. Discover how much effort it takes and how much skill it takes. I've told you, I study the sword. It is a complicated issue. It's not easy. Everything from drawing the blade to returning the blade to the sheath. It takes years of practice. And if you don't grow up with it and you just suddenly throw it on your waist and think you're going to be out there being like Mr. Swordman from some movie in, in Hollywood, you've got a real surprise coming. So let me give you a parallel to this. When I was in Afghanistan, I witnessed people, uh, one of the points we were doing, they were doing the halal cutting of the uh, killing of beef. And a guy arrives with a stack of knives. They looked like they'd been run over by a tractor about 10 times. He did a quick sharpening on steel. I'd never seen knives so damn sharp. I'm not kidding. He walked up to the cow, put his hand on its head, did a slice through the neck and t- under the neck and took it all the way up to the ear in one draw. And as I watched what happened, I watched a guy who was walking around in basically what we call a man dress and and flip-flops. I watched somebody who was a master with knives that disassembled a cow completely down to pieces in less than about 20 minutes, which is a big deal, by the way, if you haven't butchered an animal. You see, I've, I've watched children young, like 12, 10 years old, handle money in Afghanistan. And it's like it's nothing you've ever seen. They handle money like a professional dealer handles cards in Vegas because they grow up with it. It's part of their life. I've watched kids use knives that most of our parents in this country would cringe at because they grew up with them. They knew how to use them. We live in a different world in a different time. Considering flip, consider flipping tables and Christ flipping of tables, a really important piece. And we want to appreciate the magnitude of that. And we want to appreciate what happened. You have to understand old culture. So I've told you the stories of what the research we did in Southern Afghanistan, when we discovered, we were trying to discover why people were getting so upset when we were going in, in night raids and removing literally dirt bags that were setting IEDs in the community to kill people. And the community would get outrageous. I would get outraged completely. And all that led to a discussion that I had with an old man. It was a Pashtun. And I asked him one night, I said, so why is it that you get all so, so upset? And, he's, and he kind of went on. He wasn't answering the question. And something, something comes up. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. How do you and your wife sleep? And he says, naked, of course. I said, wait a minute, are you telling me every Pashtun sleeps naked with his wife? He says, of course, you should know that. Well, we didn't know that. And he said that we should know that because at this point, we'd been in Afghanistan about 10 years, so technically we were supposed to know that. The thing is that every time we did a night raid, we violated one of the greatest cultural tenets, which is never to see a man's wife naked. But here's the deeper part of this, is that that household then would forever be stained with that mark against them. You see, this is how old worlds work because people didn't pick up their bags and move at a whim. Here we are a transient culture. We sell houses, turn houses, flip houses. 
if you go through a life and having less than three or four houses in your background, you are an anomaly. In Afghanistan, those houses are in the generational control of families for hundreds of years, the same household. So when something negative happens, that mark is put on that household and on that family. So now let's go back to Jesus. You see, this was the same thing then. He flipped tables. He flipped the tables of the money changers. Can you imagine if you were one of those money changers, what just happened to you? The entire community knows that Jesus flipped your table. That mark now goes on your family and it goes on your household. It will never be removed. And you will never do business the same way. When you think about that and you realize the magnitude of what that act was that Christ did, he devastated somebody's livelihood and their future livelihood with the flipping of tables. He knew what he was doing. That would not have been lost on Jesus at all. So when you think about the magnitude of flipping tables, that was a hugely powerful act, a martial act that made a massive statement that ended up costing someone their entire livelihood. The only way that man could have recovered would have been if he was able, if he was able to leave that village and go on somewhere else and start over. And that would have been unconscionable if he had done it because he would have had to leave everything behind, his history behind everything. So we tend to work in a place where we don't look historically at things, we don't look contextually at things well enough, and we overlook a lot of that, a lot of those details that are in scripture we miss. One of the the versions of the Bibles I told you that I, I use is the archaeological Bible, and I use it intentionally because with it, all scripture is referenced to actual archaeological digs. You know what's really amazing in, that, in those readings is the number of references to Baal and Moloch that they find in all these archaeological digs. That's amazing because that's a dialogue that we don't find a lot of in main scripture, and yet it's showing up all over the place, and it reinforces the narrative of this darkness that, has been, that the, everybody was fighting against and trying to escape from. So again, what is going on here is a discussion to bring a real active and living relationship with Christ into our lives. That's the walk that I make. It's not bound by four walls. It's a, it is a channel that has turned into be a ministry and a fellowship of many people. And with that, not everybody's going to agree. Like not everybody agrees with every sermon. At least I hope not. I hope people aren't in a place where when they go into a church and they just do a head nod and agree with everything in the sermon. Because if that's the case, then all that's happening is the pastor is telling you how to think and relate to Christ. Our relationship with Christ is very personal. And if all we're ever going to do is head nod and go, yes, 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 we're not exploring that deeper relationship that Christ opens the door for us. And that's it. And that's the biggest problem that we have right now facing us is the obedience to what we're told in Scripture versus the expansion of our minds in looking at Scripture, reading Scripture, and living it in our lives. Okay? Again, I don't expect everybody to agree with everything. And again, I wouldn't expect everybody to agree with everything that a pastor gives. Pastor Graham gave a sermon about three years ago 
on Revelation that I guarantee will cause about half of the Christian community to lose its damn mind because he did his deep historical research and established that a lot of what goes on in Revelation was built at the time to evade the code of the Romans so the Romans wouldn't know what they were actually doing. It was a brilliant, brilliant sermon. And because the church of the nature of Valley Grove, if you understand Valley Grove, the church where he's at, nobody lost their mind. In fact, it became really active discussions. And that's what I love about, like one of the things when I reference Valley Grove as a place where I got my, really got my grounding is why that church is so important is they literally meet everybody where they are and they're open to a lot of great discussions. Some people, not everybody agrees, but the point is one thing is always in common. There's always a love for Jesus, a, a immense love for Christ. And that's never missed. So in all of this craziness going on right now, and there is a lot, and people are clinging on to the word, and people are clinging on to the book, and people are clinging on to the perfection of understanding this or that, let God work through you a bit. And I mean this. It is important right now that you build in a deep and intimate relationship with, with Christ and through Christ to the Father. And the Bible is an important part of what we do. But the Bible has multiple translations. I can see people make quotes many times, and I do this. They'll, they'll make a reference to a scripture, and I go, like, what version is that? And you find some obscure version or a version that I don't even trust. And you have to be cognizant of the fact that people are tend to be really, they cherry pick a lot, and they like to do certain, they like to pull certain scriptures out. We need to be reading in context. We need to accept that we're all not going to see everything the same way. But if we are living with a life in Jesus before us, then there really isn't a whole lot more to say than that. Because through Christ, we all is revealed. And that's the pursuit here at the end of the day. So in these difficult times, and they are, and they're challenging, and they're testing each and every one of us, we don't need to be fighting one another. We don't need to be putting the knives into each other's backs. We have this fellowship, we have this gathering together to build strength in who we are. And again, that's going to lead to certain opinions, but be respectful to one another. Have the discussions like mature people, right? We don't need to be throwing stones. That doesn't get us anywhere. Our world right now is going to literally change. It is a world that is being shaken on so many levels. You know, when I, t a few years back, when I started Bard's FM channel, I made the comment that we're in Exodus 2.0, and I had people literally wanting to lynch me for saying such a thing. There is no such thing as Exodus 2.0. Okay, I still say it. We're in Exodus 2.0. It is a, we're in a territory of existence that we don't have a direct biblical reference for. And as a metaphor, I still say it, that we are trying to leave this matrix. We are literally exodusing from this matrix, but it's taking on a completely new form. We have seen unbelievable things happen. We know that in the 90s and, and in going into 2000s, we were openly said to be in a post-Christian era, whatever the heck that was supposed to mean, because God never made it a post-Christian era, but our churches did, because our churches failed. And we have 
come to a place now where we're seeing a massive awakening in love in Christ like we've never imagined before. Not everybody has the same relationship with Christ as their neighbor. But if they're seeking Christ, Christ is going to work within them and through them to bring them to that place. And that's where we have to guide and to, to nurture. There are people out here that are still haters on Christ. I want nothing to do with them. And there are people that are going to lock themselves into this legalism and, and be beating on the drums of this, that, this way or the highway. That's really not God's way. Sorry. God isn't that way to us. We are mass, vastly imperfect. And if we're looking for perfection, uh, he shouldn't be looking at us because we we're a train wreck most of the time. But that's because God sees deeper in us. And he knows that what's within us is greater than we know that was within us. And I am one who truly believes, and I've said this many times, and I will not stop saying this, that we do not, we do not appreciate the greatness of who we are. Through scripture, we're reminded that we can do greater works than he that is said that way. And it was red letter language. And that we have dominion over all evil. That's red letter language. But we don't believe it. And because of it, we have these two-bit thugs running our world and crushing upon God's children. If God's given us dominion, then he's given us everything we need. We just have to believe and start to relearn what has been lost. And that's part of us turning deep into Christ and having a deep and intimate relationship with him. There are many people that are, are very skeptical of the powers of the miracles of, 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 of the biblical word. And yet we know that there are in Old Testament and in New Testament, there are amazing things that happen, profound and miracle things that happen. And if we look around and we're honest, those things are happening now. So all of this said that we have to take each step with reason and we have to be looking eyes on and eyes forward always towards Christ. And as we do that, all this other noise and confusion just kind of falls to the side. It doesn't infect us. It doesn't churn us up. But it does make us stronger as God would want it to. And God is right there with us. But we are having to learn our way through this. We created this problem. And that's another thing that I feel strongly about is that we created it. And I am not one that sits here and keeps looking up and says, okay, God, when are you going to fix it? God will work through us. That is one of my principal tenets. God will work through us. But he's not just going to give it over to us. You know, when people say, well, God always wins. Yeah, no kidding. He won with Noah too. Did you see what happened to the rest of the people? It didn't end well. And so my point is, if we're not actively involved in faith and works to bring this forward and to be discipling on the ground, then we're not doing our job. If I've said this before, if God called on a hotline right now and said, hey, Scott, yes, God, uh, Jesus is going to be there in one hour. I'd say, great, I'll be there in 59 minutes and 45 seconds. I have work to do until then. We need to be discipling until the last moment of our breath, of our life, because that's our mission. So when we take that approach to things and we're looking that way towards things, all this other stuff is trite and trivial. It doesn't matter what, or what form of government we have. Sure, we want one over the other, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, our mission doesn't change. It doesn't matter who's president because at the end of the day, our mission doesn't change. 
it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank because in the end, our mission doesn't change. It doesn't matter whether we have one church open or a thousand churches open because in the end, our mission doesn't change. See, over and over, it comes back to us discipling and bringing the word of Christ into this world. And that's principally what this channel is about. So all of that said to say, I absolutely love Bard's Nation. I am moved by everybody that's here. I'm touched by the passion and compassion that exists within the ranks. It stuns me to how great we've seen people rise. But on occasions like this, it's worth also remembering that we have a responsibility to one another. And it's important that we hold that line, keep strong, and to keep Christ before us and not lose our frickin' minds. Because when we do, it gets pretty ugly, and it can get ugly really fast. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight very humbled and thankful for all that we have. And we're blessed by this fellowship that you've brought about and, and grown in a beautiful way, Bard's Nation. Tonight, Father, we just pray for the strengthening of Bard's Nation, strengthening of the resolve in the hearts of the many to continue to seek Christ and to disciple that into the world. We are a remnant of a most profound sense that you have blessed in the presence of all that we have and has continued to grow across the world in nations, plural. And so thank you, Father, for what, is it, what has come. And we just continue to seek the continued expansion of this so that we can continue to share the word of Jesus and the love for you and all that we do. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, folks, I'm on my way back to Oregon. Keep your prayers up for me. I've made contact now with Navajo Nation. That's my next stop. Navajo Nation's been on my heart heavy. And what I learned today is that the vice president, both man and wife of Navajo Nation, are devout, firebrand Christians lighting it up across that reservation. Additionally, remember, they had an, a, by name, it was listed as a Jesus Christ revival with 83 tribes present. This is about healing America. This is about healing nations. This is about healing the one nation under God. And this is a big thing. So keep your prayers up as we move forward, please. And thank you all. This is a beautiful family we've developed here. We need to cherish it. We need to grow it. We need to continue to reinforce and support one another. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm not sure if we're going to do bend and knee tomorrow. I just need to give you a heads up because I may be traveling. But we will be. I will be here for Bards FM and for Fishers of Men. So I'll, I'll let you know on the Telegram family room if we're doing bend and knee tomorrow or not. So until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. 
Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest dead. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Close to me, look how late